Welcome back to The Hum and the Holler, the podcast that accompanies our 2021 calendar of small spells. While we were making the calendar for this year, we discovered the themes had so much to do with sound and song that it felt right to complement the calendar with this audio project, where we add our voices to the journey of the year, going month by month and spell by spell. And this podcast also gives us the opportunity to go deeper into the process that we're in when we make our calendars. Because we can feel really good about an image and the words that go with it, feel really complete and satisfied when the image and the words are done, and still be really curious and and feel a little mystified about what it means or what it's for or exactly what medicine is coming through. So these episodes are also full of this discovery process where we talk about what it all means to us in this moment as the spells are unfolding over time and how you can use them in your own ritual purposes and your own creative purposes and leaving some room for you to come to your own conclusions as well. Absolutely. And we're just glad you're hanging out with us. (laughs) We are Abacus Corvus. I am Joe, nestled in the hills of Madison County in Western North Carolina on stolen Cherokee land. And I'm Karina, and I'm also nestled in these very same hills. I am nestled so close to my sister right now, so close that I am uh, making her feel bad about her fidgeting just in case it gets on the microphone, (laughs) which I can't see when we are in different spaces on a Zoom screen. (laughs) Um, But we're really, really thrilled to be close together, especially because so much of this month's spell has to do with this sort of tenderness of family and holding and embodiment. So to be, you know, I mean, not to get super cheesy on you all, but we're like looking in each other's eyes right now. (laughs) It's been so long. Yeah. We're having, you know, with, with all due respect to the ways in which the pandemic is raging in, in many ways, we are finding some post pandemic moments. Yeah. As vaccinated people. As vaccinated people that Mm -hmm. are kind of, Uh, blowing our minds yeah um oh yeah so this is our fifth episode and before we move on we want to rain gratitude onto all of our 30 patreon supporters so much gratitude this project is a little baby and you are all its guardian angels so thank you we also want to let you know this is our main podcast but we offer you some bonus episodes every month i look into the astrology from new moon to new moon we call that one the hum And the next one will drop on May 10th, right before the new moon on May 11th. And I do one that's called The Hush, which is an audio recording taking you through the meditation for this month. And that will load as soon as I get a moment. (laughs) If you remember, this calendar is also a riddle this year. So we would like to orient you and ourselves in where we are in the riddles right now. Where where does May bring us, Joe? So far, our riddle is two full sentences. We have a hush holds the hum and the holler, and worlds within worlds hover here briefly. We've named the three main energies, basically, that show up throughout the calendar, the hush, the hum, and the holler, and we're navigating what it means to solve a puzzle that happens through what is loud, what is soft, and what is silent. And then last month's spell brought us out of a vortex and into a brief pause, hovering before we choose our next direction. Yeah, 
So this month's spell is called Gravity's Lullaby, which sounds like the riddle is leading us out of that airy, mothy, hovering energy and toward more of a place of grounding and rest. But yeah. Let's maybe take a look at the image and see, see what it shows us. That sounds great. Now you get to follow along as we storytell what we see in this month's image. You can follow along looking at the image on a screen or your calendar, or you can close your eyes, stare out a window, and just let us guide you through what we see. And don't close your eyes if you're driving right now. Absolutely not. Yeah, and don't get too trancy. But as long as you're not driving, let's trance out and do image story time. Sure. So in looking at this image, what we are seeing is a big brown bear. This bear is sitting on a rock. This bear's head is turned slightly down and to its own right side. The rock that it's sitting on is a little shadowy and mossy and greenish gray. The forest behind the bear is very sort of sparsely painted in the kinds of colors that remind me of springtime, but perhaps springtime on an overcast day or early in the morning, a little desaturated, but those kind of beautiful um, pale greens. And really, the bear is the focal point. The bear is richly painted in dark browns and some highlight on the sheen of the fur that's a little lavender. Those claws are very precise and pointed. And everything else in the painting has a kind of softness to it. Um, Compositionally, this is a painting that offers a deep sense of stability. The bear is sort of centrally balanced and the shape of the bear creates almost this triangle where the head at the top and then the shoulders slope slope down and the bottom legs are even wider. It's sitting with its bottom legs uh, or back legs, one might say, kind of splayed open very comfortably. And then the rock underneath the bear continues that line a little bit. So there is a strong sense of being rooted and planted where you are. And there's also something cool happening in the posture of the bear. Um, I feel like whenever we put bears in artwork, they are the most clearly analogous to the human. And this has been true in, you know, in cultures where there are bears. This has been true for thousands of years that we look to bears and, and we see the sense of um, you can be on two legs like us. We eat some of the same foods. We encounter each other in very similar ways. And so the body language of this bear has a sense of inwardness, a sense of relaxation, and perhaps even some sadness. Um, I might just be reading into it, but this is what I'm seeing as I look at it right now. And underneath the bear itself, the, uh, the spell is written on the rock, and the spell says gravity's lullaby, and it is a possessive uh, apostrophe S, not a plural gravity. One gravity, the lullaby belongs to it, for all you grammar nerds out there. Joe, do you want to add anything? I'm only going to add that, uh, as Karina was saying, both the rock that the bear is on and the background to the bear are, they're almost the same colors and they're pretty washy. And that the bear is so high contrast and so rich, it makes it so that the focal point of this image also looks more real than the landscape. It's as though there's this real bear Mm. person in a bit of a dream landscape. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. So what does it all mean? What are we working with here? And I want to hand it over to Joe to deepen us into the spell first, because this is one that really came through Joe's mind and heart in a very special way. Um, when we make paintings together, we often bring through the images in pretty strong collaboration. And every now and then there's something comes through that's really just uh, through through one of our eyes. And the other plays more of a support role in making that image happen. So this is one of those. And Joe, I would love to hear your thoughts about it. Thank you. I would love to talk about them. This is an incarnation spell, a spell for all of us incarnated folks. To be succinct, which is not my strong hold. Oh, God. No, no, keep going, keep going. Oh, God. You guys, I just really want to start this one over. So let me actually be very transparent. This is one that I could talk about for days, and I could talk about it in 17 different directions, and it, it feels actually like to do service to the spell itself is to be more clear and more concise. And so I'm, I'm dealing with that tension and it's making me forget the words that I'm using. But here we go. Being incarnated, particularly as humans, other animals have this too, means to come into a physical system that is capable of stimulation and relaxation. And those are our two main nervous systems. That means that throughout this world, there are things that excite us. There are things that, f- that we're afraid of. We get worked up. And then there's this balancing process built into us of cooling down, being soothed, uh, recharging, and relaxing. And this spell is really about we call that regulating, right? Regulating your nervous system if you get too worked up. And this spell is about co-regulating. It's about the ways that we soothe one another, that we, that we hold each other, that we can make each other have an easier time relaxing together than we can when we're alone, mm-hmm. which is a lullaby, right? I mean, that's what it is. It's like you got a little baby who can't regulate and you are its external nervous system for quite some time teaching it how to to relax and sleep and be soothed and before Karina goes into talking about the etymology of what a lullaby is oh, you spoiled it oh I did but she always <laughs> does that to me so maybe that's okay um that this is if you think about what a lullaby does it's going to be moving you from the stimulation of being in relationship and being awake and being chatty and talky and moving you into a more embodied state of relaxation. And so the lullaby is the bridge from those states. Yeah. So Joe spoiled my secret, which is that I've looked up the etymology of this for you because I'm always curious about, especially when a word comes through in a spell, I want to know a lot about that word. And lullaby is a word that we believe is, it, it comes from that kind of onomatopoetic sense of la 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 la. Um, in Old English, 
There was a verb lullen to calm or to hush to sleep, very similar to our current verb lull. And there's comparable words in Swedish and German, um, which may all come from the Sanskrit lolati to move move about. Um, but there's the sense that in the word lullaby, there's this very, very old word that exists not in order to signify an idea, but in order to make your body do a thing that will also help someone else's body do a thing. Mm -hmm. So the word lullaby really encloses language as magic act, language as physical act, rather than language as a, a symbol that signifies something else. And as Joe said, Working with a lullaby is a way of bridging between the language centers, the stimulation, the intellectual sense of self, and then the more embodied, slower, soothed sense of self. And when we're talking about co-regulation, this is something that so many of us who have been in lockdown for a long time, especially if we have only one other person around or no other people around for some of us, are lacking this, this sense of human co-regulation. And when we're looking at the spell, we are looking at a single bear on a single rock. And we're talking about gravity. So I want to bring that in as well as a potential co-regulator for times when we don't have each other. Joe, I'm really curious about how the spell came to you. Do you remember much about it? Yeah. Um, this spell, well, the image for this spell really came through before the words. It was actually quite a challenge to find the words. I, I love the ones that we found. But um, this image came through for me just about a year ago, actually, maybe a little more than a year ago when I was just entering my second trimester of pregnancy, right at the beginning of the pandemic. And our mom got COVID mm -hmm. and was really sick. And it was one of those, you know, not endlessly long COVID things, but it was kind of a long COVID thing where she was sick and then she was better. And then for about two and a half months, she just wasn't better. And we had no idea what was going on. And, I was, I was feeling it. I was feeling like I'm coming into being a mother in a new way. Really, I mean, second trimester, for those of you who don't know, is about when you can actually start investing your heart and your mind into this baby because the first trimester is really, there's no guarantee. I mean, there's never a guarantee. But to feel that as my mom was both far away, inaccessible because of the pandemic, and then really sick and kind of mysteriously sick. I just um, was feeling like I needed a focal point of deep, deep mama bear comfort. And I needed to do something with the feelings that I was having other than worry. You know, that was really clear in my body that worry wasn't the thing to be doing with all the feelings that were coming up. So I drew this bear. Mm. And now, a year later, I'm here with my baby and my mommy and my sister <laughs> and my partner and my brother and my partner's parents. I mean, it is like... We are in the middle of family blob land right now. Yeah, blob, blob, family land. Communal dinners, 
absolute joy, total meltdowns. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> pretty lovely. Um, and we are basically all organized around my baby right now. <laughs> she is, <laughs> she is the, um, in some ways she is all of our charge, but in another way, she's actually taking care of us by, um, lending our gathering structure, lending our gathering a kind of focal point and a rhythm and a distraction. And I, I don't know, I've never, I've never had, we've never had a gathering like this because she's yeah. the first baby to be in our family like this. So, yeah. And one thing I'm noticing as we have these many, many adults in this one six month old is that she, in her need for co-regulation, is teaching us about our own nervous systems absolutely <laughs> as we're interacting with her and there is something that we lose as we grow older which is the capacity to ask for care in a very open trusting way mm -hmm. and i think that's part of what is so affecting when there is a a small person in your life um who reaches to you towards you know, re reaches you with that sense of, yeah. you know, you are, you're going to soothe me. Yeah. I have absolute faith that this is going to work <laughs> and that it's okay to ask yeah. and that my needs will be met. And right. And so that's what we want for y'all for this spell, right? Yeah. Is that if, if you are back in touch with people mm -hmm. that you remember that it isn't just, you know, it isn't just about grabbing coffee and catching up, that like your mm -hmm. body is going to be next to bodies again. Mm -hmm. And that there's some, there's maybe a deep need there mm -hmm. to be co-regulating, to be reaching out to each other. And if you are no longer or not yet mm -hmm. around other bodies, mm -hmm. it might be harder, but still very important to recognize the need in your body mm -hmm. for that co-regulation and, um, also, you know, I'm here with all these other people and my family and that's great, but that's not always what regulates me. Like I also, mm -hmm. even when I'm around other bodies actually really need to step out and co-regulate with the earth. Yeah. That's, it's almost, um, maybe the, the other relationship that was, that's always been there with us, mm -hmm. you know, that we've never actually been expected to just co-regulate each other without the earth's support or without the presence of that as a, as a bigger container. Yeah. And I just want to give a shout out to gravity because it's something I work with a lot in my own spiritual practice. Yeah, me too. And my teachers have named gravity in a way that brings in a sense of love and yearning and pulling that's that's deeper than just what you might have learned about gravity in physics class. It's personal. Yeah, that there is a there is a personal tie between you and and the earth and it is this attractive, mutually attractive energy. Mm -hmm. And that is just so cool. It's so cool and it's like <laughs> it's it's cool and it's you know the way that the breath Working with the breath can be so amazing because it's just always there mm -hmm. and it's always doing its thing. And then you can choose to work with it intentionally if you mm -hmm. want to. Gravity is the same. Mm -hmm. It's always there. Mm -hmm. It's always doing its thing. And then you can choose to work with it. And, you know, the two together, breath and gravity, they, mm -hmm. that is, I mean, that's a whole practice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And 
I'm thinking about times in my life when I have needed support and not had it from humans. And times when I might have not been able-bodied, when I might not have been lucid in my mind. Mm -hmm. And how gravity feels like a, a, a place that never really lets you down. That's exactly <laughs> you it. Know? That's exactly um, it. You know, the times that, that you, if you remember times you have been most abject or most terrified, you might remember your body trying to find a, a way of being low to the ground. Mm-hmm. Or on the contrary, mm. uh, we might choose to dissociate. Mm. Right. And that, that's another, that's another angle of this spell is to recognize that when, when the nervous systems in our body do not sense the ability to co-regulate or the permission to relax, or if it's much more just a sense of danger, even if it's a low lying sense of danger day after day, that, that the nervous system is going to find a way to get you out of this state of stress Mm-hmm. And if it's not going to be through deepening into the body, it's actually going to be through flying up out of it in some way or numbing up out of it. And so the another deep significance of this spell is to be lulling whatever parts of us might be more used to flying around than actually getting to settle and ground. Thank you for naming that. I want to be very transparent that I have a Taurus moon and a lot of earth in my chart. And so gravity and grounding, I'm just like, this is what you do. Yeah. Why would you do anything else? I'm like a Gemini, Virgo, (laughs) Piscean freak out over here. So Mm -hmm. So for all of you air, air, water, energy people. And fire. fire, mm -hmm, This can be um, an extra tool for you to lean into as desired. Mm -hmm. Speaking of tools, we're going to talk about our rituals next. Yeah, the ritual this month is maybe not going to come as much of a shock. The idea that, that Karina and I both have for this month is to go let the earth hold you, if that's possible. Uh, we understand that people have really different um, accessibilities to earth. Some people might have a yard. Some people might have a park. Other people might just have, you know, an apartment and sidewalk and little holes for the trees to come out of in equally measured uh, paces. But but the gravity is still there and the earth is still there. It's just either going to be a surface that you can access or it's going to be something that's just a little under the surface. But just by standing, you can give your weight to the earth through your feet. For this month, I would encourage you to increase the surface area of what you're really letting be in contact with gravity and with the earth. So if you're willing and able to lie all the way down, you can be on your belly or your back or your side. But the idea is that you really practice a feeling of being held by gravity, by the earth. And perhaps if it makes sense to you to do this, you can also open up your senses to exactly how this is happening. Mm. You know, and that can be kind of like a, 
a question that you ask that, that either does or does not have an answer. It can be kind of a portal question. And if you want help with this practice, maybe think about uh, if you're a patron, you can just get there. Maybe you want to be our Patreon supporter for a month because I'm going to be walking you through this process in the guided meditation for this month. Beautiful. Thank you, Joe. We are wrapping it up for this month with a couple of closing thoughts. First, we still have calendars. They are still half off. You can get them on our Etsy store. You can also follow us on Instagram at Abacus Corvus, A-B-A-C-U-S-C-R-V-U-S. We've got weekly sales. And our website, if you want to go check it out, is abacuscorvus.com. And our next bonus episode will be the new moon astro weather for the Gemini new moon. So look for that on May 10th. And please rate and review this podcast wherever you listen to it. And if you want it to be ad-free and with the bonus meditation, you can follow us on Patreon. Hey, Joe. Yeah. Do you want to take us out with a lullaby? Mmm. I've been singing so many strange songs to my baby. Let's see which one comes out now. Oh, little baby, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be anything, anything at all. You can go to sleep whenever it will be so 